Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tiger Woods podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network, episode 45, and this is an emergency. Cam Rogers coming at you, Bridget Whalen alongside. A lot to unpack within the last 24 hours. The Travelers Championship is underway. The first round is a go. With that said, there are a lot of news items to talk about outside of the ropes here. And let's just start, folks, with the five golfers who have withdrawn from the Travelers Championship this week. Brooks Kepka, Webb Simpson, Chase Kepka, Cameron Champ, and Graham McDowell. Now, Champ is the only player who withdrew due to actually being positive. Everybody else was out of an abundance of caution, is the phrase this week that we are using a lot. But nonetheless, the big story coming out of yesterday was Jay Monahan flying up from Florida to Connecticut. Bridget Whalen texted me about this. I'm thinking to myself, why the heck is this guy flying up the Eastern seaboard to make an announcement? Why not just make the announcement remotely? Because if you get to Connecticut, it's going to be remote anyway. So my logic was, okay, maybe he wants to talk to the tournament director, see things on the grounds, and then make a decision. There was some buzz that maybe the Travelers was going to be canceled due to perhaps an outbreak of COVID-19. Not the case. We're underway. The Travelers is happening. Jay Monahan has his press conference, implements stricter protocols on the PGA Tour, more testing, especially before getting on that charter and then after getting off, getting off that charter flight. You have one specific fitness trailer that players can go to. No gyms other than that. Other than that. And many more stricter policies to get players to remain in this bubble. And Bridget Whalen, this is an imperfect science. I think we all know this. You look at the numbers, the percent of players or officials or caddies involved on the PGA Tour who have tested positive for COVID-19 is extremely small, 0.025%. And there are a lot of headlines to take out of this. Oh, my God, are we headed in the wrong direction? Jay Monahan fielded a lot of questions about, okay, what is that number? What is that threshold? for you to shut down the PGA Tour. He was very adamant that we are going to continue this circus, the moving circus that the PGA Tour is, and we will play on, and we will live with this virus. There are mixed opinions about this, obviously. There are people in the media who are writing, let's shut it down. There are people out there who are saying, apparently Cameron Champ should be like suspended. So there's a lot to unpack here, Bridget, and I guess we just start with the press conference. What did you take out of Jay Monahan? A, flying up to do this, and B, what he said. First, I just have to say my pick is still tied for first at the oh moment. Oh, my God. Patrick she picked Patrick Cantley, folks, by the way. Let's go, Pat. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't shocked that he flew up. That's kind of his MO. That's sort of, uh, you know, I, I think like you said, he wanted to be on, on grounds, you know, probably to talk with people who are there. They're, obviously, his sole venture wasn't just to have that whatever 15-minute, um, you know, release of a statement and it then was more yeah right so um i was not shocked at all that the pga tour will carry on that has been sustained tour events has been uh the goal since the beginning so these few positives primarily caddies um it, it you know cameron champ is the only pga tour player who tested positive this week per se and Allegedly, he, you know, was with a physio and that sort of like broke protocol. So there were some things that he might have done that could have broken that bubble as to, so to speak, whatever the, you know, the bubble. I don't think it's really a bubble. It's like Swiss cheese at this it point. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. But. <laughs> We could continue to call it a bubble. That's fine. The the fist bumping, the knuckling, all that stuff. Thank goodness that is finally totally abolished. Like that should have been from the start. You, so no if I can butt in real quick here, Bridget, yeah, I sure. did read an article from a writer who is on the grounds in Cromwell, and he himself was seeing fist bumping and handshaking and players exchanging clubs. And let me just say, I'm in no position to really be Mr. Critic, Mr. Finger Wagger. I'm just reporting what somebody else is reporting. But what do you make of that as well? I mean, they feel safe. I, honestly, they're humans. And Ian Poulter, he, he spoke on his Instagram yesterday really eloquently, and, and he put it like quite plainly. We are being tested. We feel safe. It's not that we feel invincible, but we are being tested. So like, you know, we're not totally pent up about like fear of the virus infiltrating. And he's right. The only thing is, it's such an invisible enemy that no skin to skin, none of that. Just like, it's okay. You'll survive. You you don't need to knuckle someone. You don't need to you, shaking hands for me. I have OCD was never fun. So I am like, so happy that that's sort of going to fall by the wayside, like good riddance. I, I understand there are going to be people who are still touching other people and, and this, that, and the other thing. And that's just like human nature. You, you're not going to stop that. And that is why there was no way that this number of, of cases was going to stay at zero. No Impossible. way. Yeah. Impossible. Impossible. It, in like some alternate universe, it wouldn't even happen. That wasn't at all, I do not think that that was the goal. So now seeing the media sort of react in such a feverish way about the few positives that have come back it is a little alarming to me because I'm not quite sure if they understand the enormity of this virus. If you were going to believe that the PGA Tour was going to be traveling from they're not staying in one place. They are traveling. Traveling is a huge risk factor right now. I don't care if you're flying private. You're not the only one on that plane, are you? There has to be pilots. There has to be, I don't know. I'm sure they have stewardesses on private flights, right? I've never flown in a PJ. I have no idea. But there are other people brought into the mix. So this is a risky venture in this day and age, in this climate. What they are doing, what the PJ Tour is doing is risky. Every single move they make is risky. There are numerous people on site that you cannot police 24 seven 
like that's not going to happen. So the fact that there are a few positives to me brings comfort because it shows that they are testing enough that we are getting positives. So I had almost the opposite reaction to all of this. This to me showcases how alert and how on top of it the PGA Tour is, not vice versa, not at all. And saying that they're flipping or they haven't done all that they can do is really irresponsible at this point. Unless you are following step by step by step in person and you are seeing for yourself, I do not think you could make that statement at all. And I, I really do think it's condemning to the tour to at all try to negate what they have done thus far. It is amazing what they have done. It's incredible. The fact that we have had live golf these past two weeks is, is like beyond belief. So for me yesterday, hearing that the travelers will move forward, things will get a little more stringent, you know, protocols will get a, a little more tight. Great. Awesome. If this is what had to happen, these few very small amount of positive tests, very, very small. As you said, it's 0.25%. Yep. Seven out of 200 and what was it? 757, like uh, that number might be a little off. Like that's insane. Like just think about that number, round it to 3000. Like it's a lot of testing. So this is, we will go on, we will carry on unless it becomes like so rampant that like, I don't know, half the field test positive. This is, this isn't getting shut down. It's just not. I want to read an excerpt from this article on golf.com. And this is like totally divergent from what your mindset is, Bridget. So I'll be interested to really hear your thoughts. Quote, that mindset is not going to cut it anymore. Mistakes can be excused, but a widespread lack of effort from players cannot be. Maybe the tour needs to consider having volunteers whose only job is to follow players around and enforce distancing, or perhaps players will only get the message if the tour begins doling out penalties or suspensions to players who fail to distance. So this is a pretty radical proposal here in this article. And it seems to me that it's a very finger wagging sort of perspective, because like you said, Bridget, this sort of thing is inevitable. And by the way, this is a lot harder for Jay Monahan than say Adam Silver and the NBA, which probably can be successful in that bubble in Orlando, Bridget, maybe you know better than me, but you have these guys playing in one certain area the tour is moving and all of these golfers are staying in different areas of the country let's keep that in mind as well Cameron Champ resides in Houston Texas and Texas Bridget ain't doing so well with cases right now they're coming up big time and if you're Jay Monahan what can you do tell Cameron to move to Connecticut or move to New Hampshire where the tests are way down or I should say the cases are way down it's a very difficult situation and there are a lot of factors and variables at play. So to say that, you know, we have to implement penalties, I think that's a major extreme and that's not going to sit well with the players at all. No. And the thing is, I'm going to say something um, and I'm definitely not saying this in any type of light way. 
So this virus, if you get it, you, you are not deemed to die, right? Like if, right. if you contract this, that isn't a death sentence. It isn't that. And, and his POV is sort of taking it as that. Yeah, it's super, super, um, like right now, this is like our focus. This is the, the main focus. The virus is super contagious. Like this, like it is so um, ever present on everyone's mind. And I understand that, but you really have to look at it from a different perspective in the sense of PJ Tour players are humans. Like, it, people have trouble wearing a mask to go to the grocery store and like that's the i that's like the simplest thing that you could do to right. like protect you and others so like they're not superheroes they're not like they're this is abnormal for them too like you i think people just they have to have a little more leniency you have to realize that this is an adjustment this isn't something that is easily going to be done and it's so hard to be that critical when like we said 99.8 percent are coming back negative that's insane that that testing is that it not 99% of the tests, like flip the switch. Let's yeah. not talk about the 0.25. Let's talk about the 99%, the 98%. Sorry. Like it's for me, it's like insane. Um, 90, sorry, 99%. What am I saying? It's literally 99.8%. That's like almost a hundred percent. So I honestly, that's an A plus. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I can't even say any more numbers anymore. My brain is not, do not compute. Um, so like for me, I, I cannot take that radical POV. I just can't because from an outside perspective, looking in what he is sort of proposing is improbable. And what the tour is doing currently is amazing. So yeah, of course, everything could always be better. Like if I'm to say that what they're doing is the best it could be. No, of course, there's room for improvement always. But this is an unprecedented dilemma that we're all in. And like Jay said, you got to take it day by day. So yeah, he flew up to Connecticut to make this statement. He made a statement by flying up. Yeah. The whole thing for me, with everything that the tour and that he have done has been really good thus far. And we're three weeks in. This isn't like we're three days in. We are into the third event. Like the first round started this morning. So I understand where he's coming from. He is also a really well-renowned journalist. And this is he knows what he's doing and like maybe he's playing the devil's advocate a little bit like you also have to take into consideration you know where he's coming from but for me the tour really has like you know jumped through hoops and performed excellently thus far i would have been shocked if Jay monahan just shut everything down yesterday did you have any inkling that he was going to do that no yeah. i I um I saw some things on Twitter that were sort of hinting at that and I was like not for me unless so I I wasn't aware how many people had withdrawn up to that point I wasn't privy to that info but there were some rumblings that was it was going to be around the half dozen um number which it was it was 5 so 
for me, yeah, if like, I don't know, 14, 15 people decided to withdraw, like maybe he would have done something drastic or, or I don't know, maybe he wouldn't have. I didn't know those numbers. I didn't know what he was looking at, but I had like a 95% feeling that things would go on as planned. If you guys recall, back in March at the Players' Championship, it took a little bit of time for Jay Monahan to lay the hammer and shut things down. So, you know, he takes his time. He's methodical about, you know, making these rash decisions, if you will, and avoiding them, really. So, Bridget, I want to take this to fans and the memorial now, which plans to have fans. Do you think that is feasible and maybe should they look in another direction and just go no fans? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, my uh, perspective on this, I've always been wary about um, mixing in fans into this uh, sort of concoction that we have cooking up here on the PGA tour. I don't like the integration of fans. I think they're wild cards. I think they're unnecessary um if you think players are lazy watch out for the public (laughs) right yeah I think it's an unnecessary addition I understand the monetary benefit I understand the players have expressed that it's weird out there without fans and they like the energy and and, you know this that and the other thing it's just for me it's not it, it really isn't a necessary risk at this point and the stringentness of testing, you know, like temperature, I don't think is really a top-notch indicator at this point, especially for asymptomatic people. Like, so I, I don't know. I say, I said this way back when, no fans this year, no fans till we have a vaccine. I sort of stay by that. Um, not that everyone is going to get a vaccine once the vaccine comes out. Believe me, I'm not naive. I totally understand that. But I think, um, yeah, I don't know. It kind of makes me uncomfortable talking about fans. Yeah, kind of makes me squeamish. But yeah. I'm sure the tournament directors are going to make the right decision. And I have all the faith in the world that they will. And I'm sure Jack Nicholas is uh, throwing in his two cents as well. Of course, it is his tournament. I want to get back to the subjectivity of social distancing because, like you said, we all cannot be wired 24-7, 365. We're going to slip up. I have slipped up. We all do it. It's just impossible to flip a switch and think, oh, my God, I'm staying away from people forever and ever and ever. I'll give you an example. I played golf last weekend. And I played with a couple of random people. I like meeting new people on the golf course. And this one guy is like showing me a particular hole and he's getting close to me. And so he's kind of like slipping up and I'm like trying to not be rude, but also I'm trying to like get away from him. So it's not just the PGA Tour. It's the general public that has to deal with this too. What do you make of it? I mean, it's hard, right? It's definitely hard. And if you don't think that these players are taking it seriously, then I don't know. There's no hope for you. <laughs> Believe me, they're professional golfers. This is their job. They're trying their best. I don't think people are out there being totally irresponsible. I think for that to be thrown out is irresponsible. For people to assume that players are, are being lax about this, I think is ridiculous. Keep in mind, these guys are so used to being around each other in close proximity. Like, 
this is, they are so hardwired. Like it's so hard to get them out of this mindset. Like we have to be a little more lenient. The thing for me, and this is kind of my personal experience, wearing a mask makes me a little more cognizant of trying to keep my distance. I don't know if it's like a psychosomatic or if it's like a visual like reminder. So the fact that they don't wear masks out there, it does make it seem, you know, like they are just in a, a normal situation. There's no really like reminders, visual reminders or cues that like, hey, things aren't normal anymore. We're human. If we get into a situation, you know, things fall by the wayside. And unless you're reminded, sometimes it's hard to be like on the ball at all times. Things are so weird now. Social distancing. I prefer to say physical distancing because I don't think yeah. any humans at all should ever social distance themselves. I think that's dangerous. We should all stay socially connected. We need to talk. Yeah, but physic physical distance. I am a close talker. This is like the bane of my existence. I like to get right up in your face when I talk to you, and now I have to stand six feet away. So like everyone has different parameters that they are now adjusting to. But for me, the masks really have made a difference. And so when they're out there on the range, obviously I know it's like exercise. You don't, you wouldn't wear a mask if you were going for a run. But when they're out there on the range and they're out there on the course and they don't have this like visual cue, like, hey, things are different now. It's hard. Like I said, they're humans. I don't know. I think we have to be a little easier on them. To be honest, at like, I think they're doing way better than I anticipated or expected out of them. They're professional yeah. athletes. They should feel invincible. That's their MO. That's why they have become a professional athlete because they think they are, you know, better than so many other people. That's like how their brains work. The fact that they're taking all of this new stuff into consideration and they're trying to do the best that they can, like, let's give the guys some credit, you know? There's one thing you can never question in a professional athlete, and that is competitiveness. If you get to that level, you are 100% competitive, right? So that's First one thing about these guys out there is, um, you know, they're focusing in on their games. They're not thinking about... COVID-19 every waking second. They're focusing on winning a championship. You know what I mean? Right. So we have to ponder that as well. I want to look at the schedule here, Bridget, and just kind of zone in on the location. So we're looking at Detroit next week, followed by Dublin, Ohio for the next couple of weeks. So some good news here. They're playing in the Rust Belt, and cases are stabilizing, from what I understand, out that way. So no tournaments in Arizona or Florida, or North Carolina coming up. There is Memphis, Tennessee in late July, which I believe has some rising cases in that state. But for the most part, the players are avoiding those hotspot territories. Do you think that's, you know, a nice little nugget to look at? Yeah. I mean, like Jay said yesterday, obviously he's going to take it week by week, location by location. Everything's different. And obviously, I would assume that that would have been the case. Um, I, I don't know. I don't want to, like, put the cart before the horse, you know? Yeah. 
So for me, I'm literally just like, let's get through this week. No more WDs. <laughs> Please. You know, whatever. No more positive. I guess no. I guess I should say no more positive tests. <laughs> no more WDs. I don't care about the testing. Um, and then, like you know, let's let's move on to the next. Let's like take this step by step. I, I am. Um, I am just very hesitant to get too ahead of of anything i am just like i want to enjoy seeing connecticut my home state on tv i just want to enjoy seeing some people hit some great shots <laughs> i'm very like and then move on to the next yeah week. let's just take like one day at a time <laughs> you know it's interesting though week to week now we're going to be thinking to ourselves okay what is the list of WDs? What is the list of, you know, abundance of caution dropouts, if you will? It's a new yeah. element, right? Yeah. So I think this week, what happened this week sh should have been what we expected all along. Yeah. Colonial was like a red herring, like a, a gift from above that nothing really happened that week. And, um, and that obviously set not a bad precedent, but an elusive precedent to progress with zero, 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 you know, for however long people thought that was going to last is you, you're insane. Like that's insane standards. So I think this week is a good benchmark for normal. This is what happened this week to me was what I expected all along. Yeah. Yep. So that's why I did not, you know, get alarmed at all. I did not cause really, there was no cause for concern on my end because this is sort of what I predicted. So that's why the media going the opposite direction was sort of alarming to me. I, I'm not so sure how in touch they are with what's going on in the world then. Because if you were to presume that no one was going to test positive, then I, I don't, I don't know. I wish I had your brain. Like you must live a really happy life. Um, <laughs> I am way more doom and gloom like that. Glass all the way full. Yeah, absolutely. My actually going into this, I was going at the dozen mark. I was thinking like two to three players will test positive and eight or nine caddies or personnel will test positive. So I was, I guess, overshooting that number, but I'm just, all I have as a sample size is the world. <laughs> and, and I live in Florida right now. I mean, I don't live in Florida right now. I live in Florida. And right now, our numbers are insane. And people are like, well, increased testing, increased positives, this, that, and the other thing. Sure, whatever still means that people have it. That's yeah. the point. I'm not saying our hospitals are fully packed. I'm not saying people are dying left and right. I'm just saying this is rampant out there. This hasn't gone away. We are in the same predicament as we were a couple months ago. It's just we have now accommodated for it. We are malleable. We have put protocols into play. So like we have changed. The virus has not. So for that elusive zero number to have ever been in the mix is wild to me. And what happened this week moving forward, if it happens as it did this week, or if it happens more so than this, you know, more positive tests than this week, I do not think that we should be surprised at all. I think it should be the expected scenario. 
I think the most telling statement from Jay yesterday was, we must live with this virus. Right. That tells me he's going to do everything in his power to make sure the PGA Tour continues on. And it certainly is today at the Travelers Championship. A couple of housekeeping points, folks. We recorded a full-on episode yesterday talking about the RBC Heritage and some other news items. Obviously, the episode became very outdated after the press conference and all that. So we wanted to put together a fresh one here on this Thursday. So that's why the timing is a little off. A couple of other points here. Some news items I want to bring up, Bridget. Phil Mickelson exempt into the U.S. Open at Winged Foot. The USGA is cautiously optimistic about that happening in September. So that's great. Chase Kepka, by the way, automatically in for the Travelers Championship in 2021. He qualified, and then, of course, he had to drop out out of an abundance of caution. So he's good to go for Cromwell next year. I love that. That's great news. And I think that's really it. Uh, your pick this week, Patrick Cantlay, tied for second as we stand. <laughs> for the people out there, I picked Brooks Kepka actually, and then he dropped out. So I went down one peg on my power rankings, and I am going with Gary Woodland, who plays in the afternoon wave. So for now, Bridget is ahead of me in the money tally because she had the postman, and I had Justin Rose, JT, performed better. So that's where we stand there, and we keep chugging along, Bridget. Yeah, Abraham answered me to hole-in-one, his first. Uh, today, on- really? Yeah, so... Wow. Yes, yeah, so uh, he's been on fire. We talked about him in the pod yesterday. So unfortunately, y'all won't get a glimpse of that. But obviously, if you're listening to this pod, you are definitely aware that Abraham has been playing really well. He's definitely trending. He's sort of the guy that we talked about who doesn't have a win, who definitely is going to – he's knocking on the door. He's going to sure. get it soon. Uh, and a note on Tiger Woods. Bridget and I still stand pretty firm that the next time we will see him is the Memorial Tournament out there in Dublin, Ohio. I would not expect him to commit by five o'clock tomorrow for the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. So we're gonna have to wait a little bit longer for Mr. T-Dub to be out there on the golf course. And then if I may, Bridget, a programming note, I will be on ESPN Connecticut Radio today at 325 Eastern time, talking more about the Travelers Championship and what we can expect on the PGA Tour. So if you guys wanna tune in, if you're out there in Connecticut, in the car certainly flip that on and i would appreciate you guys tuning in for that and i believe that is all for the tiger pod today bridget that's all we got that's all we got but hey we have live golf i'm excited about it and by the way you were there with your pick gary woodland oh did you already say that yeah i mentioned that oh i'm like get that in that's in that's locked in I also want to say that you were also very positive on this episode. I don't want you to think that you're doom and gloom because you were saying that, hey, let's focus on the 99%. You're so right. Let's do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just positive about the tour venturing on. Yeah. We are living with COVID-19. It's not as scary as it was a few months ago. This is the new reality. A vaccine is coming. We're not going to be in this state forever, so I I don't want to – sort of portray that as my POV. But for right now, 
the tour is is going to deal with positive tests and they're going to carry on the show must carry on the show must carry on and a final note on that vaccine anthony fauci before congress saying that it's not if but when and he thinks by the end of the year we'll be good to go so hey there's some positivity there as well all right so for bridget whalen i am cam rogers we'll talk to you guys soon on the tiger woods podcast see you later thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube